Hey, listen, my name is Jeffrey Morse. It is just I tonight on the podcast. Nathan and Rob are both busy and traveling on vacation. So, with just me tonight, we are going to be doing a special third segment in today's show featuring our first ever music uh, spotlight. I chose to spotlight um, not just one specific video game system or uh, game series music, but instead to spotlight one of my favorite video game composers, David Wise. And so make sure you stick around for that third segment, and I will be playing four different songs, um, starting with the Super Nintendo era, working our way up to more of the modern um, music. Uh, But first, before we do that, uh, we have our first and second segments. First segment today is just what I am playing this week. Um, So... As soon as our theme song here finishes up, we'll go straight into that. And I, I kind of have a weird um, problem that I've never really had before. I've never really played mobile video games before. But as I was thinking about what games I've played this week, the video game I played the most was technically Pokemon Go. And so, like, it, are we really counting Pokemon Go as a full video game that we can talk about and say, hey, this is what I'm playing this week? I think it's kind of assumed that pretty much everyone, video game or not video gamers <laughs> alike, are playing Pokemon Go. But yeah, I played a lot of Pokemon Go this week. Um, I was on vacation with my family at the beach, and so every once in a while I would uh, uh, steal my mom's iPhone and uh, would go and catch some Pokemon by the beach. Lots of water Pokemon. It was actually pretty funny. I uh, was searching for a Krabby down by the tide pools and actually found a real crab, or like a little hermit crab <laughs> so i took a picture of it and then i also found a star you uh but i didn't find a starfish when i was looking for one so it's kind of funny and i took a picture of the star you as well um in the app and then i showed my mom like hey look took a picture of the crab i found I think, oh that's cute i'm like yeah swipe over see the starfish and it was a star you and she's just like oh jeffrey <laughs> so um yeah i had a lot of fun playing pokemon go went to a big park in bellevue last night um with a friend and uh that was a lot of fun we uh, it was just filled with lures and Pokestops. Got my first Dratini, and um, yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm not digging the new update. It feels like it's a lot harder to catch uh, lower CP Pokemon, but still playing it, still having fun. Um, second game I've been playing this week was Uncharted 4, uh, which I am going to save, mostly try to talk about uh, next week. Uh, we're going to have probably a big Uncharted episode either next week or the week after that. Um, I just finished it up today, um, and then Nathan and Rob both bought it this last week, and I know Nathan's about halfway through. I think Rob's about to start it, so we'll probably be talking Uncharted uh, a lot next week, but really, really liked it. I will say that um, I thought they did a great job with the ending, and yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Next, third game I've been playing this week was Ultratron. I actually only played it once this week, but I played for about an hour or two hours, and um, it's the free PS Plus game uh, for PS4, and also it's on the PS3 as well uh, for this month. It's called Ultratron, made by Curve Digital. I've played a few of their indie games before. They're a small team based out of U- the uh, UK, and it's pretty much like a Smash TV old arcade shoot 'em up, but it's got like a crazy techno visual, um, electronic beat style. So had a lot of fun playing that. It's got some crazy like music, and you just kind of run around and move your guy and shoot with the other stick so pretty simple but uh looked really pretty it was pretty addicting a lot of fun so um yeah good ps plus game this month um be sure to check that out if you got a ps4 or a ps3 
Um, last game I've been playing this week, Triforce Heroes. Um, came out last year, I think the beginning of fall, and talked Nathan into getting it in. Um, have, we have a, another friend, Nathan's roommate, who the three of us, we've all been playing it through together, and we only have about two more dungeons left in the entire game, so we jumped back into it, uh, beat a dungeon. Uh, we only got to beat one of the dungeons because it took a while, but... Um, yeah, been having a lot of fun with that. My my little brother also picked it up, and so he's been begging me to play online with him for a while. So we we ran through the first couple dungeons together, and you know it's it's a lot of fun. That game I feel like got really underlooked just because oh it's not a real Zelda game; it's multiplayer only. But I mean, technically you can play single player. But um, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't. If you missed that one, I, I've seen it on sale for twenty twenty five bucks every once in a while. Um, if you've got two other buddies with a 3DS, especially if, like locally, you can all three um, come together and play it. Um, definitely pick that up. You can play it on download play. You only need one copy of the game to play through all of it with your friends, and it's it's a lot of fun. So um, don't sleep don't sleep on that game. So that's what I've been playing this week: Pokemon Go, Uncharted 4, Ultratron, and Triforce Heroes. That ends segment one. Segment two, we have our very first ever question and answer segment here on the show. I'm going to try out some new stuff here on the show. So, introducing our question and answer segment is the Sonic the Hedgehog one-up sound. Awesome. So, our first question of the day comes from at CGA91, Kyle Anthony, big fan of the show. It looks like he's in the chat right now. Says, if you could bring back one video game franchise... And end another video game franchise. Which ones would it be? This is a great question. The first part of it is pretty obvious for anyone who knows me well. I would definitely have to say F-Zero. Nintendo has completely neglected the F-Zero franchise. They've treated it terribly. It originally came out on Super Nintendo. A great sequel and follow-up for the N64. Another great sequel for the Nintendo GameCube. They they, uh, co-developed with Sega. And... The GameCube one was one of my all-time favorite Nintendo games ever, let alone GameCube games. And I was eagerly waiting one for the Wii, never happened. Waiting one for the 3DS, never happened. Waiting for one on the Wii U, never happened. And at this point, it's looking like Nintendo is officially done with F-Zero. You know, they brought back Star Fox. They're still making Metroid games, even if they're not the Metroid games fans want. But F-Zero, we've got nothing outside of Captain Falcon being in Smash Bros. And then a few levels of inspired of zero levels in mario kart dlc um in the last like four or five years so it's really sad to me it was the only franchise at the nintendo world store too that they didn't really have any merchandise of um yet the captain falcon amiibo deck sells out immediately because he's such a popular character so i would definitely bring back um captain falcon and at the f-zero franchise hopefully they can uh, put a game out for nx since they have both teams working on software for the nx um, but yeah, definitely bring back F-Zero. To end another franchise, hmm, that's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, I would probably have to say, I was thinking maybe Call of Duty, but I feel like that's kind of a cop-out answer. Um... I could say Assassin's Creed because Rob's not here, but <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I, I like some of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, yeah, I'll go say Call of Duty. I, f- I feel like it's kind of ruined a lot of um, video games since it's kind of brought 
like this whole hey put out the pretty much the same game every year um you know we don't really need to change things like there's been I saw a video on YouTube where I like compared some of the cutscenes that were like in the Call of Duties and they were the exact same cutscene, just like reskinned. And like the developers, they just pump these out every year. And for some reason, it's like the best selling game every single year. And I feel like that's just harmed the industry a lot because then everyone is just starting, oh, we can follow the Call of Duty cycle and we'll put out a game every year. And EA and Ubisoft is starting to make so many games as annual cycles. So. I don't know. Um, I mean, the E3 footage I saw of the new one did look pretty cool. It did almost kind of look like Halo-y in a good way. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe they're, every once in a while they, they put a good, refreshing game out. But I don't know. I've never bought a Call of Duty game, never really been introduced to it, and never really have been interested in it. Like, I'd much rather play the Bungie shooters, the Halo, Destiny, and, you know, the Nintendo stuff like Splatoon over Call of Duty. But, yeah, so I would bring back F-Zero. I would end Call of Duty. Uh, second question comes from at the Nathans with a Z off Twitter. He says, why should everyone play Pokemon Go? My opinion, the coolest thing about Pokemon Go is it's got the entire world talking about Pokemon. <laughs> you know, in grade school growing up, everyone talked about Pokemon. You know, you had red, blue, or you had yellow. You would talk with your friends. You would beat the game together. You would share secrets, you know, talk about how to get the legendaries. And outside of your circle of friends, you know, your mom and dad are in there like, oh, what's a Pokemon? You know, why are you collecting those Pokemans cards? I don't understand. And like, you know, graduating after uh, elementary school, getting to middle, high school and college, you know, most people don't know about Pokemon and they don't play Pokemon. They don't know the names out of any of them other than Pikachu. But now everyone knows about Pokemon. I can talk to my grandpa or my parents or random friends or random parents or random people I meet in the park and everyone's playing this game and everyone knows about it. And it's just kind of the part of the conversation. So you can like have this common bond with so many people. And I think that's been the whole point of Pokemon games since the beginning is, Hey, it's this social experience. You can, you know, link up together, you can trade and you can, you know, help each other out. And I think just that everyone's playing it and it's just this big social game is really cool. And the game really lends itself well to be playing uh, to be played with uh, friends because, you know, one Pokemon spawns, it spawns for everyone in that area for, you know, five, ten minutes or whatever it is. And so I can go out with three of my friends and we can all, you know, catch the same Pokemon and work together and walk around. And it just makes it a really cool experience. So I would say you should definitely play Pokemon Go because it's a free app. Everyone's playing it and you can um, have a lot of fun or a lot, lot of fun talking and playing with your friends and I bet you'll be surprised of some of the people you can talk to talk uh, about this game with. Like you can have a great conversation starter. <laughs> I feel like Pokemon Go is the new conversation starter rather than like how's the weather today or you know, oh, did the did the Yankees win last night? You know, we're not talking about sports or weather anymore. We're talking about Pokemon Go. So, um that's the coolest thing about the game. Um next question. At the Nathan Wagner, my fellow co-host who could not be here today, he asked if you were in charge of designing the Nintendo NX, what would you do with it? This is such a big question, Nathan. This is such a big question, but it does need to be answered because there are so many rumors, different things that have been floating around about the Nintendo NX. Looking like it's going to be some type of handheld um, system that you can plug into your TV. And as far as designing the hardware aspects, I 
I don't I wouldn't put a lot of weight in that. I don't really care if it's handheld, if it's only console only, if it's a gamepad type screen. I don't really care about the specific hardware part of it. But as far as the interface and the software go, I would focus on three things. One would be an online interface that works. It's 2016. The NX is coming out in 2017. There's no excuse anymore for Nintendo to not have an online system that's up to date with what every other video game company, whether it's a smartphone app or if it's Sony or Microsoft is doing. You need to have a system where you can easily see other people online, invite friends to play games, see online leaderboards, invite them to a party chat, and communicate with your friends easily. It is such a hassle to play games like Splatoon or Smash Bros. with friends, and it's near impossible to do that unless you need to or unless you have like their cell phone number or their Skype and you can use these other devices to um, and applications to contact your friends. They need to have this all built into the system so I can say, oh look, Nathan, you're online, invite to party chat, invite to a game, boom, we're playing together. It's in like five seconds. That's you know one of the great things I love about Destiny on the PS4. It makes it so easy to jump in with your friends. Um, and yeah, that would be the first thing. Second thing would be an achievement slash trophy system. I know a lot of people don't really care about achievements and trophies. Um, I'm a big fan of collecting them personally. It gives me some extra motivation to go back into games I've played before and collect more. You get a really great sense of accomplishment when you get that 100% or platinum. And it just is cool to kind of have your gamer profile built up so someone can look and say, oh, wow, that's cool. You've, you know, I can tell you've played all the Zelda games. You have all the achievements. You've beaten all the bosses. And so it would just be kind of a cool way to compare um, your list with friends. And with my Nintendo and the system Nintendo has now, it makes, I mean, I think it makes total sense to be able to have some type of achievement system and you can link it with your Nintendo profile and get rewards that way even. So um, achievement or trophy system would definitely be nice. Um, And then the third one would have to be a new online streaming service I think Nintendo should do where um, it's almost kind of like PS Now, which the PlayStation 4 and PS3 have, but streaming old Nintendo games. So I'm thinking kind of a Netflix-like service where you pay, you know, what, whatever, five, ten bucks a month, and you get access to one, 200 classic Nintendo games that you can play anytime you have the subscription, and it saves all automatically to the cloud, whether you play on the handheld or the portable or whatever, and you can play all these Nintendo games instantly whenever you want, no loading, just instantly boot them up. You know, you can try a game and if you don't like it, you can change out of it. So uh, I think it's a win-win for Nintendo because their IPs and their classic games is what so many people will remember. So if they market this thing, Hey, day one, you buy this game, you'll have access to hundreds of classic Nintendo games for $10. I think that would be a really big selling point for the Nintendo NX and would honestly make a lot of sense. So that, is what I would do if I was in charge of designing the NX. Um, let me know on Twitter. Um, we're at, at HeyListen underscore games. What would uh, you do if you were in charge of designing the NX? Um, let, let me know. Question number four from VGB underscore Warrior. Good friend of the show, Troy. He was on a few episodes ago. He says, which Smash Bros. character would you take out and who would you replace it with? Who would I take out? I would have to say, originally I would say Cloud, because I don't think he deserves to be in Smash Bros. He's never been on a Nintendo system, really. 
He's uh, only been in one Final Fantasy game, you know, Final Fantasy VII, at least for main series games. And although he is somewhat of a gaming icon, I just I think they could have put better people in there. However, playing Cloud a lot, he is pretty fun to play, so I would leave him in there. And I would get rid of... Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would get rid of Lucina, even though she is a clone and presumably didn't take a lot of development time for Sakurai to put in there. I'll get rid of Lucina. We already have Marth. We already have five other Fire Emblem characters. There's no reason to have another girl clone of Marth in the game. We have Roy, we have Marth, Ike, Robin, Corrin, so many Fire Emblem characters. Get Lucina out of there, and I would definitely put in Cranky Kong from the Donkey Kong series. Um, he was great in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Uh, he could use his cane to do a lot of attacks. His final smash could be something hilarious where, like, he's really old and, like, runs around and, like, yaps at people and, like, makes them fall asleep or annoys them or something like that. I don't know. I feel like there'd be a lot of cool things you could do with Cranky Kong. He's a really unique character. Um, and either him or King K. Rool I really wanted to get in. I voted for them in the Smash ballot, but didn't see that happen. Um, Funky Kong would also be cool. I was a big Funky Kong fan back in the day, but I don't know. Um, I think Cranky Kong would be be the funniest because I really like Cranky. Um, Banjo-Kazooie would also be cool. Kyle mentioned Banjo-Kazooie. So I think he is a third-party character who is way more deserving to be in the game than Bayonetta or uh, Cloud. Um, I'm a big fan of Ryu being in there, but Bayonetta and Cloud should not have made it over Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have Cranky in there. Last question for the question block from at Sir Mr. Fields. It's a big question. He says, we constantly have open world games coming out and getting bigger and bigger, which is true. What are some of these, or what are some of the pros and cons of this gaming trend? And this is a hard question to answer because there's so many open world games out there. And like, they all kind of blend together in my mind because I've played a lot of them. Um, The pros of this are, those open world games are slowly getting better. As far as um, open world games back in the PS2 or even 360 era for most of it, um, they weren't always the greatest. You always kind of rolled the dice and, you know, sometimes you'd get some good open world, you know, platforming action adventure games. Sometimes you wouldn't. But like now we're getting so many of these games that they're just kind of pulling things from each other and things that work well. So like the Batman Arkham Asylum games, like we talked about last week, so many open world games have pulled that combat system from the Arkham games and have made it work. You know, like Shadow of Mordor um, is a really good example of that. And so many other open world games are just pulling these different influences um, from other successful open world games. So it's, I think slowly making all these open world games better which is awesome because it's, you know, you know that whenever those, one of those games comes out, it's, you know, it's a solid chance it's going to be a good game. Um, we have gotten a lot of good games from it too. Like I really did like Shadow Mordor. Um, I've enjoyed a few of the Assassin's Creed's. Um, but as far as cons go, um, I think the problem is we are seeing a lot of these games, which is making me personally a little bit fatigued i don't know about the audience or troy kyle you guys down there in the chat uh do you guys feel fatigued of there's too many third or open world games 
And I feel like every once in a while, I'll be really motivated to get all the collectibles and 100% and find all the stuff. Um, but like, I feel like I'll do that for one of them. I'm like, oh, finally, I you know I found all the stuff. I beat the open world game, then I'll start the next one, and then I'll be like, no, there's no way I want to do all this stuff. And so, um, even though you know you can beat everything in the game and you can do all the side quests and stuff, it does kind of get monotonous. And so many of the games are very similar. Um, and I've never really played the Skyrim or Elder Scrolls games, so I know those ones have so much stuff. And you can you know play the game forever and never beat it. Or Fallout Three, like Rob kind of has um, been going through a lot lately, but. I feel like open world games are fun. They're the best they've ever been, which is awesome. But yeah, they all are kind of getting samey. And so it's hard to find unique ones out there nowadays. And, you know, some Assassin's Creed games can be really good. Some of them are really bad. Um, Saints Row is just ridiculous. Um, You have games like Yakuza, which just came out on PS Plus as well, that I heard were really good, uh, but no one bought them. So you don't get sequels for that. And so I feel like just... Those main ones keep getting more sequels, and it's turning to annual franchises with Just Cause and other games, and Far Cry, and so many of these big open games. So, I don't know. I've enjoyed a lot of open world games, but at the same time, I could definitely do with them uh, giving them a break for a year or two, like they do with music games, when there's all those Guitar Hero games, and they just kind of stop for a while. So, I don't know. Sometimes it's just nice to play a a little indie game or arcade-based game, like uh, Ultratron I was playing yesterday. Um, and it's just kind of refreshing to play those kind of games sometimes. But I don't know. Good question. Good question, Adam. Uh, now on to our third segment, the main segment of our show today. We are going to be talking about David Wise. He is a video game composer, former Rare staffer, worked uh, for the Rare Rare company. Um, I think really sh- shot to fame for the Donkey Kong Country series. He did the trilogy on Super Nintendo. Um, and I think a lot of people really, really fell in love with that music and that kind of got him on the map. Uh, but he did a lot of NES music for Rare um, earlier, like Battletoads and other games. Um, but I'm going to be playing four different songs by David Wise. I'm starting on the Super Nintendo. Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest, one of my all-time favorite video games. Came out in 1995. And this was the first video game, really, that showed me that video games can have beautiful music. Um, so many of these songs in this game uh, were just so ambient and just really captured the feel of the world or the backgrounds. And that's really what David Wise is great at. He makes a great atmosphere um, in his songs. He used lots of varieties of instruments. You know, some instruments you wouldn't really expect, like a jaw harp or a harmonica, brings saxophone, vocal ambiances. And then he even does like four orchestra stuff some of the time. So he's really, really skilled um, with just blending lots of different instruments all together and kind of creating a really great atmosphere um, for the games he's worked on. So this first song I, w- I will play for you is one of my all-time favorite Super Nintendo songs. It's amazing to think that this song came out of the Super Nintendo, uh, while so many of the early Super Nintendo games you know, had very kind of simple uh, songs. But this sounds like a very complex, almost orchestrated song. So first song I'll be playing for you is the Sticker Brush Symphony from Donkey Kong Country 2. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, that was Sticker Brush Symphony. As I just said in the chat, that song always reminds me, blasting across the rotating barrels um, in, in that level where you first heard that song. And um, that song didn't play till really late in the game, too, so I was kind of blown away the first time I heard it as a kid. I'm like, whoa, this song's amazing. I've never heard it before. I didn't know you could <coughs> make a song like this in a video game. So um, great song. Um, one of my all-time favorite songs from the Donkey Kong series in general. Um, and I will be playing a few Donkey Kong songs mostly because I think that's what David Weiss is best known for. And um, that one is pretty well known, but the other songs I like to think are a little, little less well known. So maybe you'll, you'll hear a new song um, and you'll, you'll enjoy that. So um, next one comes from Diddy Kong Racing uh, and Nintendo N64 multiplayer racing game, kind of like uh, Mario Kart 64. I think they kind of came out around the same time. And um, Diddy Kong Racing had lots of really fun, happy music. Um, this song right here has been caught in my head so many times. It's so catchy. I always whistle it. It is the Frosty Village theme from Diddy Kong Racing. Go ahead and enjoy.
All right, that was Frosty Village from the Diddy Kong Racing official soundtrack by David Wise. Um, I l- loved the multiplayer modes in Diddy Kong Racing. That got almost as much playtime in uh, my childhood rotation as Mario Kart 64. Playing that with my brothers and my dad. Um, so whenever I hear any of those songs, it immediately brings me back to when I was a kid uh, playing those games with my family. So a lot of fun. A lot of fun playing Diddy Kong Racing. And they actually made a uh, port for the Nintendo DS, which I also have as well. Um, it was it was pretty good. Pretty faithful. Um, just wasn't, wasn't quite the same as playing out in the Nintendo 64 on the old TV. <laughs> but um, anyways, our next song by David Wise comes from a game that is somewhat controversial although it was rated very highly um 82 percent on metacritic it divided a lot of star fox a lot of star fox fans um myself included because it wasn't really a star fox game um of course the game i was talking about is star fox adventures which came out in september of 2002 right after the gamecube came out and it was really a technical piece that really showed how powerful the GameCube was. I remember being really impressed by the graphical capabilities of the GameCube um, and that game specifically, um, like Fox's fur and the scales and the dinosaurs were really detailed. Um, and David Wise did the music for this because um, this was one of the last rare games put out on a Nintendo system as they were bought by Microsoft um, around that time. And so uh, my favorite song from Star Fox Adventures is the Thorntail Hollow theme, which is kind of the central hub area of Dinosaur Planet. So here is Thorntail Hollow by David Wise.
right, that was the Thorntail Hollow Vocals version from Star Fox Adventures by David Wise. Um, even though that game was pretty much a Zelda clone slash ripoff, um, I have some pretty good memories playing that um, with my little brother. He, I think, got it for his birthday or Christmas right after we got the GameCube. So we slowly just made our way through that game, playing it all together. And I hadn't really played really much Zelda at that time, so I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But <laughs> as soon as I played Zelda games later, I'm like, dude, that game was just totally a, totally a Zelda clone. And um, I actually found out recently that the game was originally being developed uh, by Rare as a game just called Dinosaur Planet. And then uh, Nintendo thought, hey, you know, why don't you take Star Fox and put Star Fox in there and uh, make him the main character. And so that's kind of how that game came to be and why... I think it's so weird when you compare it to any other Star Fox game. It's almost nothing like it, um, any Star Fox game. There's only, like I think, two or three short flying missions in the whole game. You're just kind of wandering around solving puzzles. It's not a bad game. Um, it's a, actually a really fun game, but just not really not really a Star Fox game. Um, moving on. Our last um, song by David Wise here on the show today um, is from one of my all-time favorite Nintendo Wii U games. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze came out in 2014, was one of the first really great um, Wii U games. I would even say it's probably the best platformer on the Nintendo Wii U, and the Wii U's had tons of amazing platformers. Um, beautiful game. It's a, uh, you go left to right, like it, uh, most most of the game, there are some parts where kind of shifts perspective in a 3D view. Um, but the 3D models and visuals and backgrounds in the game, every single level is unique. There's nothing's really that's copy and pasted like a lot of Mario games. Um, and it's just a really, really unique game. It's got great enemies, these penguins, walruses, all these um, kind of Arctic animals. And every world's completely different look. There's like a, an Africa-type world that reminds me of like Lion King. That's really cool. And David Wise just does different songs for almost every single level in the game. That soundtrack is just amazing. I had a hard time picking which one I was going to do here. So I thought I'd pick one that maybe not a lot of people know, but is really catchy. And David Wise really keep, keeps the same beat throughout this whole song, but really switches it up with different instruments. and just makes it really fun. So I'll be playing Wingding by David Wise um, right here to end our show today.
Alrighty, so that was Wingding by David Wise. I believe that song comes from the third world of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Um, but yeah, be sure to check out Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze if you have a Wii U. Troy down in the chat said he has it, but hasn't beaten it quite yet. Definitely finish up that game. Um, I think you'll be really impressed with some of the later levels with how uh, complicated it gets and some of the cool um, level designs that they um, do. If you don't have the game, it is a Nintendo Select now, so that means it's only $20 and is a complete steal, in my opinion, for that. So uh, definitely pick up Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze if you have not played it yet. It's amazing. Go buy it. Go get it. <laughs> so that goes um, a long ways, and I would definitely say of all the Donkey Kong games, that one might be the best one of all time, Tropical Freeze. So... That ends our show for today. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you who are in the chat, Troy, Kyle, and even Nathan jumped in here at the end. So um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. We will be asking for more questions for next week's show. Excuse me. For next week's show um, so we can do another question block like I did today. Um, You can also find us on iTunes. Uh, Just type Hey, uh, comma, listen with an exclamation point. You should be able to find us in there. We have a great orange logo that you can find us on itunes and subscribe and you don't listen to us anytime that's what i do sometimes i download the podcast and listen to it as i drive around town so be sure to tell your friend if you enjoyed the show we'd love to build our audience and get um, more people involved in this awesome community we are building i think that is all i have for you today be sure to let us know if you like the musical episode and maybe we'll consider doing another one this is jeff signing off 